Hi, listeners, and welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, a podcast that is based in San Diego and hosted by me, Alina Trujillo, and my producer, Jose Fernandez. This is a podcast where I will be bringing you stories of murders, infamous cases, and unsolved mysteries. This week, I'm going to tell you about a 21-year-old Canadian student that checked into the Los Angeles Cecil Hotel, but she never checked out. This is the story of the mysterious death of Elisa Lamb. The University of British Columbia student Elisa Lamb was on vacation by herself and she was on her way to Santa Cruz, California when she checked into the Cecil Hotel on January 26, 2013. Now, prior to arriving to Los Angeles, California, Elisa had visited the San Diego Zoo and then she took the Amtrak to Los Angeles where she checked in for a three-night stay at the Cecil Hotel. Elisa's family had been worried about Elisa traveling by herself, but Elisa was determined to go at it alone. And she was probably looking, you know, what I'm assuming, to get away a little bit from her studies. You know, we can all remember those days, Jose, like back in college where you're just like, ugh, give me a break. get away. Yeah. Yeah, only that, but she's 21 years old, trying to maybe be a little bit more independent too. So kind right. of, it makes sense. Yeah, that's true. So as a compromise, Elisa had to check in with her parents every day of the trip to let them know that she was safe. And I know that some people might be thinking, what? She had to check in with her parents every day. She's 21 years old. But I do have to say that, you know, I'm Mexican and I too had to check in with my parents even when I turned 21. Like, maybe I didn't have to ask for permission, but if I was going somewhere, I had to make sure I called or else it's like they were calling everybody looking for me, you know, and I even now I have to say if I told my parents I was taking a trip by myself, I'm pretty sure they would be every single day calling me or texting me like to see making sure is she alive. And if I didn't pick up, oh, my gosh, it's so embarrassing. No, it's not. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Elisa was the daughter of two Hong Kong immigrants, so I can see how that could be something that she would have to do in order for her parents to allow her to go on a trip like this by herself. Yeah, just for them to feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but before Elisa's death, Elisa had gone shopping for gifts for her family back home. She had visited a bookstore where she had been seen buying books and music for her family, but that would be one of the last times that anyone would see her. Then, on January 31st, 2013, Elisa was scheduled to check out of the Cecil Hotel and head out to Santa Cruz, California. However, when her parents failed to hear from their daughter, they immediately began worrying since Elisa had been in constant communication with them prior to this day. So, worried about their daughter, her parents called the Los Angeles Police Department to report her missing. And police officers went to the Cecil Hotel to look for Elisa. But it seemed like Elisa had just disappeared from the hotel. Just disappeared? She just vanished. Hmm. So, upon interviewing hotel employees, police officers quickly found out that there had been some strange occurrences that had occurred prior to Elisa going missing. So police officers find out that Elisa was originally booked in a hostel style room 
that she was sharing with six other people. While she's sharing this room with those six other people, complaints started coming in about Elisa's odd behavior. And apparently it got so bad that eventually hotel personnel ended up moving Elisa to a room of her own. That's weird. So I thought you said it was a hotel, but it's also like a hostel? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I had never heard of that either, but apparently that's what that's this hotel setup had. Yeah, she had booked a, a hostel stall room, which I'm assuming it was probably cheaper than a room of her own. Yeah. Which is probably why she did that, you know? But, and it's funny because I, tr- like, I was trying to search for, okay, what, what was she doing? But apparently it was just noted as odd behavior. Hmm, that's odd in itself, isn't it? Right. So then police are able to obtain surveillance footage taken from the cameras at the Cecile Hotel. And what they see is something that would get people talking all over the world. That was fantastic, Jose. You want to know what I just did? What'd you do? I just tried. I opened up, and you don't get any. I opened up the new wine that I received from Wine of the Month Club. So do you, Jose, want to treat yourself or someone special to great wines month after month? I would love to. Well, now you can with Wine of the Month Club. With Wine of the Month Club, you get three different bottles of rare international wine every month. You get to choose from all red, all white, or mixed. You can also choose to do a package every two months or three months if that's a better option for you. And every package ships with their monthly newsletter covering your selections and our listener favorites. Fun facts! We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com, forward slash support the show and click on the wine of the club month link and sign up we will earn a commission you can support the show and get wine delivered to your door by using promo code holiday 15 to get 15 dollars off any four month club or you can use promo code holiday 20 for 20 dollars off any six months club which sounds like a win-win to me you get to stay home during this covid19 pandemic Quarantine by yourself and your wines. And they ship free. What? Hey, Jose. So you know that during this pandemic, it could even be scary to go to the grocery store sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can save yourself that trip using Instacart. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. They find everything you usually buy. You can get smart suggestions for new items. They even pick the freshest produce and they keep your eggs safe too. We are a proud affiliate of Instacart. So head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show and click their link. Okay, Jose. So the hotel video showed Elisa in one of its elevators on the date of her disappearance acting strange okay in the video you can see elisa stepping into the elevator and then pushing all the floor buttons all the floor buttons yes then she steps in and out of the elevator and then she kind of like pokes her head out of the elevator and kind of looks sideways towards the hallways then she steps back into the elevator but this time 
She steps in and pushes her back up against one of the corners of the elevator, kind of like you would when you're trying to like hide from somebody. Or you know when I jump out at you (laughs) and I'm just like pushed up against the wall? Yes. Okay, like that. Yes, that does actually happen. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) So then Elisa steps back out and once again... When she steps back out the elevator, she does it like in this way where her back is pushed up against the wall. So, but now she's on like outside of the elevator. Okay. Yes. And she's mostly out of frame, but you can kind of see the side. So you can kind of see like the side of her leg and her right arm. Mm hmm. And. She like I said, she's pressed up uh, up against the wall, like she's hiding. Right. But you can also see her moving around her her hands, like like if you would like like right now that I'm talking to you, I'm just moving my like hands. Like having a conversation with somebody. Yes. So she's kind of making those movements, and again, you only see that one hand, but you also see that she's very close up against that wall. And tell me what you think, but doesn't it seem like at some point she has her hands? up against her head like have you've seen the video right no okay let me play this for you and tell me what you think so then elisa steps back into the elevator and once again she presses all the buttons then she quickly steps out and you see her what seems like to once again be talking to someone then she steps back in she steps back out of the elevator again but this time you don't see her come back into frame. Then you see the elevator door open and close a few more times, but no one gets in, nor do you see anybody near the door. So to me, it doesn't even look like there is anybody, you know, calling for the elevator. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what else is kind of strange is like, how the elevator door while she's doing all this, it's not closing. Like, fun fact, I can't tell you how many times at work the elevator door literally smashes me. (laughs) But this door does not. Like, it doesn't close until literally she, what I assume, she just walks off after doing all this. Now, again, tell me what you think, but that just, that's the best way I can describe this. And it is odd, but... Doesn't it seem like she seems like, again, like she's having a conversation with her hands with somebody and then she seems like she's holding on to her head, like kind of like you would when you're like, oh, my God, like you're watching something horrible or something scares you. You know, you just put your hands up to your head like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Like, I kind of feel like that's what she's doing. One of the times that she steps out to me, it was kind of okay. So, yeah, I noticed that, too. The elevator just did not want to close. Right. So she pressed all the buttons and then she got to the floor and then she's going in and out and it felt like an eternity. Right. It has a little bit of, it's of creepiness to it. I don't know mm-hmm. why. And so then she goes out and still like, I, yeah, she's like halfway in. I'm thinking, oh, my God, that door's going to smash her leg. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And it could be because all the button pressing. Maybe that kind of made the elevator freak out or something. But when she's outside, you know, you're saying that she's having a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. with her hands or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, it seems almost like she's 
Like she was spinning it around in like circles, like almost like she was something. Oh, you mean her hands? Like, like almost. Okay, the best way that I can describe it to listeners as to what Jose is describing, it's okay if you've ever watched any paranormal show and they say, "Oh my God, there's a cold spot right here," and they put out their hands and they kind of feel around. She does kind of seem now that Jose's saying that it does kind of seem like she's feeling around, but it was with both her hands. Where she's kind of feeling around like you, like I said, in paranormal shows, like they would if there's a cold spot. Yeah. That's, but th- that's she's exactly doing that outside what, of the what elevator. It seemed like outside mm-hmm. the elevator. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, all, okay, she has her, her hands on top of her head. She's, it seems like she's kind of freaking out a little bit. Right. And then she walks away. Right? We, like she runs out of frame, right? You, which you can't see. Mm-hmm. We'll, yeah. We'll put the link on the website, I'm sure. But i don't know why it has some sort of like a little bit of creepiness to it right yeah so i don't know what's going on there but all i know is my senses are like up (laughs) right now (laughs) i was like when this thing when is this thing ever gonna end (laughs) right okay so police officers end up making this footage public in hopes that somebody would come forward for any information on the whereabouts of elisa lamb they also don't know what to make of this so they decide Let's put this out to the public and let's see if anybody recognizes her. If anybody says, oh, yeah, I saw her that day. You know, anything. Right. So on February 19th, 2013, two weeks after the video was published, maintenance worker Santiago Lopez finds Elisa Lamb's dead body. Now, during the search for Elisa, the hotel began receiving complaints from guests stating that the water pressure was low, that there were strange smells coming from the faucets, and some guests even complained that the water tasted funny. Oh, no. And, okay, and I read that supposedly, okay, some guests had reported that the water was black, quote-unquote, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's actually accurate. I only read it in one article. And also, just so you know, the movie Dark Water, which I don't know if I, if you saw it, but I know I did. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, the movie Dark Water was loosely based on this case. Really? So, yes. Yeah, so maybe that's where this possible rumor started from. Since, you know, in the movie Blackwater, Blackwater literally starts to come out of faucets and walls. Yeah. So I don't know if somehow... You know, that just turned into a rumor. Like I said, I only read it in one article, so I don't know how accurate that is. But it was due to these complaints that maintenance worker Santiago Lopez took the elevator to the 15th floor of the Cecil Hotel. From the 15th floor, Santiago took the stairs to the roof where he disabled the access alarm. He walked across to a platform, and then he climbed a ladder to the building's nine-foot-tall water tanks. And that's when Santiago noticed that one of the lids was open. Oh, that's weird. When he notices that the lid is open, Santiago looks inside, and that's when he sees the body of Elisa Lamb face up in the water, naked, with her clothes floating beside her. That's terrible. The water tank had to be drained, then cut open in order for officials to be able to remove the five foot four lifeless body of Elisa Lamb. Before I forget, 
The clothes that were found floating next to her body were the same clothes that you can see Elisa wearing in that CCTV footage. Uh, like, it was the same red zip-up hoodie and the same black shorts that she was wearing. Mm-hmm, right. So, just throwing it out there, okay? Police officials had no idea how Elisa's body got into the water tank. And when asking the hotel staff if anyone had seen Elisa with anyone else, hotel staff stated that they had always seen Elisa walking around the hotel alone. Elisa's body was bloated and it was also moderately decomposed. So there was no evidence of physical trauma, sexual assault, or suicide, okay? The toxicology was incomplete because not enough of her blood was preserved, but it did show traces consistent with prescription medications found among her belongings, plus non-prescription drugs like allergy medication and ibuprofen. Okay. Okay. Toxicology reports didn't show any traces of recreational drugs, and it showed a very small amount of alcohol. So it's not like they can say, you know, she was, well, she was drugged or, you know, alcohol might have had an influence on this. Right. The investigation had determined how Elisa died, but it didn't offer an explanation as to how she got into the tank in the first place. It's true. Alarm would Think have been set it. off, exactly. right? So, doors and stairs that access the hotel's roof were all locked. With only staff having the passcodes and keys, and any attempt to force them would possibly have triggered the alarm, just like how we're saying. Right. Okay? So, the hotel's fire escape could have allowed her to bypass those security measures if she or someone who might have been there with her had known those passcodes. The official cause of Elisa's death was determined to be accidental drowning. What you got there, Jose? I just opened an ice-cold beer from Beer of the Month Club. Treat yourself or someone special to great beers month after month by joining the Craft Beer of the Month Club. Each monthly shipment contains a 12-pack with four different types of rare craft beer, hand-selected from small American craft breweries. We are a proud affiliate, which means if you go to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show, click on the Craft Beer of the Month Club link and sign up, we will earn commission. Stay home and keep cool with an ice cold beer. Cheers, Jose. So something that is not known is how Elisa got to the roof. And into the water tank. Okay, so all four of the water tanks are about nine feet tall and are propped up on concrete blocks. There is no fixed access to them. And hotel workers had to use a ladder to look into the water tank. Okay, and remember... So it wasn't even a ladder that's like fixed there. They had to like bring a ladder to get in there. Okay, so based on the pictures, no, it doesn't seem like there is a fixed ladder that's on them. And... Once again, you saw the pictures of the water tank. It looks like they're protected by pretty heavy lids that would be difficult to yeah. be able to remove them. Right. So I, I so know. It's really bizarre. Right. I know I wouldn't be able to open one of those. Would you? 
I mean, I really think, think about so. it. Yeah, I don't, they're huge. And I feel like, how do you do that? How do you open it? You're not standing on top of it. So I'm assuming, like, I guess you're kind of on the ladder and you, like, push it. I don't know. Yeah, how do you get enough leverage? I mean, I don't right. know how heavy they are. I have no idea. But it just doesn't. From the picture, it looks very it looks unlikely for a single for, person to do that on the Right. Road. And remember, she's 5'4", so she's, like, what? Like, my height? Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. There, I, I can't see how she'd be able to do that. So, police dogs did search through the hotel for Elisa when the police were first called, okay? And they even searched the roof shortly after her disappearance, but they didn't find any trace of her. Theories have been swirling around Elisa's death. One of those theories that's around is Elisa's mental health. Elisa suffered from depression and bipolar disorder, for which she took several prescribed medications for. So, bipolar disorder was listed as a contributing factor in the autopsy report, and some have speculated that maybe she may have been in the grips of a manic episode at the time of her death. Though mania presents in a variety of ways, extreme episodes can trigger psychosis and hallucinations, which could possibly maybe explain her behavior from the elevator. Yeah, I could see that. That kind of could add up to that type of situation. Right? So toxicology reports showed that one, Elisa took at least one antidepressant that day. Two, Elisa had taken her second antidepressant and mood stabilizer recently, but not that day. And three, Elisa had not taken her antipsychotic recently. So these conclusions suggested that Elisa, who had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and depression, may have not been taking her medications properly, which is something important to know given that the use of antidepressants to treat bipolar disorder can risk inducing manic side effects if done without caution. And I've known people that have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I mean I don't know if this is the case for every person every person is different but in my experience when they aren't taking their medication properly you can tell mm-hmm. I mean the episodes that they have is you know it is pretty extreme so it is very important for people to take their medications how they should and some suggest that this might have been the explanation to her strange behavior like I said how it was seen in CCTV footage. But that theory, again, doesn't answer how she would end up dead or how she could get into the water tanks without any help. Right, because it's just, the, okay, hallucination, why the odd behavior, but... Right. Yeah, then that would lend to maybe there would be a suicide and she would have happened to open that thing and get up there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So when Elisa's body was found... Santiago had to disarm the alarm. So that's another thing. If there was an alarm, how could Elisa gain access without triggering the alarm? Right. Alerting everyone in the hotel. Mm-hmm. So another theory to the case is that foul play was involved. But reports showed that there was actually no foul play. And the other theory is that her death was caused by supernatural, something paranormal. What? So, I read that in Korea, apparently, there is this elevator game. No, I'm good. I don't want to hear this. I don't think our <laughs> audience wants to hear this. No. 
Jose. So in Korea, there is this elevator game that you play. Now, I do know, I don't know much about it, but I do know that the hotel or whatever elevator you're on, it does need to have at least, I think it's 15 floors. The whole game is, I guess you press certain numbers and when the elevator opens up, it could take you to a different realm. Oh. So we're going to try this today. Absolutely not. With no you. Way. Nope. What you never want? want to cooperate. You're going to get fired. The listeners have spoken. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why, you know, that is one of the theories that, that maybe um, she did get into this other realm. And maybe that's how it happened. But again, to me, that doesn't explain how, you know, a five foot four person could open up such a heavy, you know, water tank lid. To me, that doesn't explain it, you know. But again, it's paranormal, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of unexplained things that come with that. So since her death, her Tumblr blog was updated through Tumblr's Q option, which allows posts to automatically publish themselves when the user is away. Okay, so Mm -hmm. her phone was not found either with her body or in her hotel items. It had been assumed to have been stolen at some time around her death. Whether the continued updates to her blog were facilitated by the theft of her phone, the work of a hacker, or through a queue, it's not known. Nor is it known whether the updates are related to her death. Elisa's parents filed a wrongful death suit, claiming the hotel failed to inspect and seek out hazards in the hotel that presented an unreasonable risk of danger to Elisa and or other hotel guests. But the hotel argued it could not have reasonably foreseen that Elisa might have entered the water tanks and that since it remained unknown how Elisa got to the water tank, no liability could be assigned for failing to prevent that, and in 2015, the suit was dismissed. Hmm. While there are no answers to the mystery behind the death of Elisa Lam, the obsession surrounding that mystery has remained in the public ever since. Welcome to the True Crime Weekly Podcast, The Dark Side. So, Jose, this is our first Dark Side episode from October, right? Well, when this airs, right? Yeah, this will be, this is, it's October. Halloween is coming up. Happy Halloween! (laughs) So, I figured I would continue to tell you more about the Cecile Hotel because let me tell you, this hotel, there's some creepy stuff going on, okay? Mm. So, you Elise. mean separate from the water tank? Yes. Okay. Right. Yes. This is just one of the cases, okay? Oh, and the elevator. Right. There's more than that. Yes. Great. So, Elisa Lamb's mysterious death was not the first to happen at the Cecile Hotel. In fact, the building's past has earned a reputation as one of the most supposedly haunted properties in Los Angeles. Since opening its doors in 1927, the Cecil Hotel has been plagued by 16 different non-natural deaths and unexplained paranormal events. The most famous death associated with the hotel, other than Elisa's Lamb, 
was the 1947 murder of actress Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia, who was reportedly seen drinking at the hotel bar in the days before her death. Then, in September 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Jean Purcell awoke in the middle of the night with stomach pains while she was staying at the Cecile Hotel with Ben Levine. She went to the bathroom so as not to disturb Ben while he was asleep. And to her complete shock, she gave birth to a baby boy. What? Yes. So she had no idea she had been pregnant. And she mistakenly thinking that her newborn was dead, she threw her living baby out the window and onto the roof of the building next door. At her trial, she was found not guilty of murder by reason of insanity, and she was admitted to a hospital for psychiatric treatment. Then, in 1964, a retired telephone operator named Pigeon Goldie, who had been a well-known and well-liked long-term resident at the hotel, was found dead in her room. She had been raped, stabbed, and beaten, and her room was ransacked. A man named Jax B. Ellinger was charged with her murder, but he was later cleared. So her death remains unsolved. The hotel has also hosted some of the country's most notorious killers. In 1985, Richard Ramirez, also known as the Night Stalker. Really? Yes. The Night Stalker? Yes. Lived on the top floor of the hotel during his killing spree. Okay. And the story goes that after a murder... Richard Ramirez would dump his bloody clothes outside the hotel and return half naked. And back then, the hotel was in such disarray that Richard Ramirez's nude stunts barely even raised any eyebrows, okay? So, six years later, another murderous patron moved into the hotel. Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger, who earned the nickname Vienna Strangler, with such a gruesome history, one would think that the Cecile Hotel would soon be condemned, right? I mean, look at all these deaths. No kidding. But the old building was recently granted landmark status by the Los Angeles City Council. The hotel was given the distinction because of the building's opening back in the 1920s which was considered the beginning of the lodging industry in the U.S. Meanwhile, the tragic death of Elisa Lamb at the hotel has inspired pop culture adaptations like Ryan Murphy's, guess what, American Horror Story Hotel. Really? That's what it was based on? Yes! Interesting. So there have been reports of ghostly brides descending on staircases, cold spots, and shadow people at the foot of the bed. There is also a story about a ghost photograph showing a shadowy figure outside of a window of the Cecile Hotel looking like it was about to jump. Really? There are stories of people saying that they see a woman who looks like Elizabeth Short and feeling like they're being watched in the hotel. 
It's a creepy place, even though there are renovations and rebranding. The Cecil Hotel was renamed this day on Maine, but it cannot get away from its dark history. So we were going to record there, but it's no longer open. They're doing renovations right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So it's not supposed to open until, lucky for me, 2021. So stay tuned for 2021, you guys. No, that makes no sense. We're not going to do no (laughs) two-part. No. Nope. And then we'll have you play the elevator game. Hell no. Yes. Nope. If you want to look at pictures and want more information on the cases we cover, you can head over to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com. You can also support the show by going to truecrimeweeklypodcast.com forward slash support the show. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Podcast True Crime Weekly. And I would truly love it and appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review and subscribe onto Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. The only way that people find out about us is through subscribers and reviews. Thanks for listening.